Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Hooks. Joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Josh Walker. And Josh, I'm not even going to ask how you're doing because I already know that you're feeling under the weather. And also, they did it to us again, man. Four out of five on our five-game parlay. I'm feeling just as sick as you are over that, man. That damn Matt Ryan. That Matt Ryan, that that Austin Smith, and that Austin Blake, man. I, I would have been good if David just did what they were supposed to do and they couldn't. So. What's amazing is that the Lions were down by seven. They had the ball in field goal range uh, and decided to kick, go for three when they're down by seven. It makes absolutely no sense. They get bailed out because Russell Gage fumbles, but they, it was, they had no business kicking that field goal there. No, no, no. And, and this is the thing. And look, I know we've seen a lot of games this season where, you know, guys have played without players, quarterbacks, wide receivers. We saw Green Bay go to Arizona without their, I think, three or four best receivers and win a game. We've seen the Rams go to Arizona. I want to pick on Arizona, <clears throat> Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, but we've seen teams go on a roll and win. Or win a, uh, 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 Miami won the other night. They had a f- couple uh, COVID games. The Saints won a couple against Tampa with COVID dudes out. But Detroit was in the game with Tim Boyle. That's that's insane. And then, like, it shows you how bad he was. Because at the end of the game, he turned back into Tim Boyle when the game went and dry. Throws yeah, a pick, throws a pick right to the linebacker. He, he was pretty bad. He's still not my least favorite quarterback. I'd still rather have my money on Tim Boyle than a guy like a uh, Drew Locke. But I, I know you feel the same way oh, about yeah, Drew, Locke. Drew, yeah, Drew Locke. So, yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna get to him later on when we talk about the games. We're gonna start with our slate on Falcons and Bills. The Bills a fourteen and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over under sitting at forty four and a half. Seventy one percent of the bets are on the Buffalo Bills. My first instinct was to take the Falcons plus the points. 14 and a half just seemed like so many. And the Falcons, in my head, Matt Ryan and the Falcons are this backdoor covering type of team. However, the Falcons this year are 0-5 against the spread as an underdog of seven points or more. The Bills, on the other side, are 6-3 and against the spread as a favorite of seven or more. But those three against the spread losses are also straight-up losses to the Steelers, Jags, and Colts. So... It almost seems like if you're going to play this game, either take the Bills minus 14 and a half or take the Falcons on the money line. This Bills defense ranks high. They're third in points per game, but they have gotten carved up on the ground by a couple of teams. The Falcons do not have the ability to do that. I'm going to take the Bills here and lay 14 and a half, and I'm also going to play the over 44 and a half. You know, Ben, these Atlanta Falcons, they do it to us again. I'm uh I'm getting my uh odds from Bleacher Report. It says the Bills are a 14 point favorite. Uh, I usually don't take the points. These this this amount of points. Uh, this isn't college. This isn't Alabama playing. No disrespect. This isn't Alabama playing Cincinnati. These are two NFL teams. But it's gonna snow in Buffalo. I like Buffalo minus 14. I'm taking the Bills with the points, and I am taking the under 44. The one matchup I do like in this game is A.J. Terrell for the Falcons. This is a fantastic, underrated corner, and I think he's going to match up well with Stephon Diggs. Unfortunately for him, he really doesn't have a lot of teammates who are good at covering, and the Bills are getting Cole Beasley back in this one, Gabe Davis back in this one as well, and Isaiah McKenzie has emerged as a threat there out of the slot as well. I think there's too many weapons for the Bills here. Bills minus 14 is my play as well. I'm leaning towards the over, but I don't feel too great about that uh, 
I think the Bills might blow them out of the water. I'm seeing a 31-14 to 14 type of score here. That takes us to our second game. It is the Eagles taking on the football team in Washington. Washington, a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 46. And sound the alarms for this one because 88% of the public bets are on the Eagles. They just beat Washington 27-17 two weeks ago, but Washington was missing a dozen players due to COVID, including their starting and backup quarterback, If you watch that game, the Eagles dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. However, Washington had a 10-point lead thanks to a couple of Jalen Hurts turnovers early in that game. We just watched Washington get blown out by a red-hot Dallas team. However, we saw the Eagles get similarly blown out earlier on in the year when they played Dallas. No Miles Sanders for the Eagles. Nothing to lose for Washington. They're looking to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. I am going to take Washington plus three and a half, and I like the under 46. I agree. Uh, when you have division rivals play, as I learned two Sunday nights ago, anything is possible. And with, not, with no Miles Sanders, uh, I like Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts will turn the ball over, whether he'll fumble or throw an interception. Throw an interception. So I like Washington plus three and a half, and I like the under 44 and a half. I think it'll be a, uh, a, low, a lower scoring game. So we are on the same side for that, and we'll definitely have to revisit that game for the parlay. That moves us – oh, by the way, we are starting – I forgot to mention this at the top. I'm starting with the, the games that we're going to talk about first are the teams that both have playoff implications for their games, and then with the 1 o'clock games. We're then going to move on to the 1 o'clock games without playoff implications, moving on to the 4 o'clock games without playoff implications, so that we're starting and closing with important games in here that are just just turds and I just kind of wanted to hide them in the middle so that moves us on to another two teams both with playoff implications for this matchup the Rams taking on the Ravens the Ravens now a three and a half point underdog at home this line is climbing I saw it at two and a half earlier on in the week the over under sitting at 46 and a half 83 percent of the public bets are on the Rams and as I said both teams need to win this game the Rams need this win to lock up their division the Ravens need this win to have a chance in their division and to keep their wild card spot right now uh, they are sitting behind the Dolphins but the Dolphins look to be underdogs in their next matchup so the Ravens could step up and grab a wild card spot with a win this this Ravens secondary however is banged up just got lit up by the Bengals last week This defense, however, is first against the run and first in time of possession on the offensive side of the ball. However, worst as far as allowing yards per attempt in the passing game, second worst in INTs. That leads right into where the Rams are strong. They have Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, this passing game. Uh, It's leaning right into the Ravens' weakness. Look to see a big game from Cooper Cup. Uh, Any daily fantasy players should definitely look at him. Uh However, I think the Ravens are a much more desperate team here. They know that they have to win this game. I think they will put up a fight, especially if Lamar Jackson is back in this one. Give me the Ravens plus three and a half, and I also like over 46 and a half. Uh, I have the Rams minus four and a half. Uh, I think this line is moving because I think Lamar Jackson uh, was looking very limited at practice. Yeah, Lamar Jackson probably won't play. But I'm going to take the Ravens plus four and a half. Uh, I do think the Rams will win the game, but I think the Ravens will keep it close. I don't trust Matthew Stafford with the money on the line. I never have and never will. And he's done nothing up uh, up until this point to show me that he can be trusted. So uh, the over under 46 and a half, I am going to say slightly under. Uh, I think the Rams defense will show up even 
if Lamar doesn't play, they remember a couple years ago on that Monday night where he torched them. He gave him a Jackson five uh, on that Monday night game when they when when Lamar won the MVP. That's the last time the Rams and the Ravens played. So I think the Rams players will be keen of that. Aaron Donald will. I, the Ravens just don't have an answer for him. They really don't have an answer for him, Von Miller or Leonard Floyd. So to be fair, nobody really has an answer for Aaron. Yeah, Donald. yeah, the, the beat, the beat, the beat, the beat. Complete. He's he's like literally the best defensive player. Other than your other than your two boys in Dallas and uh, T.J. Watt this year, he's he's the best singular defensive player. He might not be having the best year. You could you could case Michael Parsons, uh, Trayvon Diggs, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. If you had to pick one player, you pick Aaron Donald. But yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking the Ravens plus four and a half. I'm taking slightly under forty six and a half. Okay, so we're both on the Ravens. I do not feel good enough about that to put it in the parlay. I picked them because I think they'll be desperate. But I can definitely see a situation where those injuries for them are just too much to overcome and the Rams run away with this one. But I am leaning towards the Ravens on this one, just not enough to put it in the parlay. That moves us on to another game with playoff implications on both sides. It is the Chiefs taking on the Bengals. The Bengals, a five-and-a-half-point underdog at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 51. The Chiefs needing this win desperately to stay in front of the Titans for the number one seed. They lose the tiebreaker to the Titans, and they would lose the tiebreaker to the Bengals if they lose this game as well. So the Chiefs could be in serious trouble if they lose this game. They need this game in a bad way. 63% of the public action is on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals have the fourth worst pass defense versus this high-powered passing attack for the Chiefs. The Bengals' offensive line is pretty bad. They are third worst in the league as far as sacks allowed goes. If you look at the Chiefs' defensive line, it's a little bit underrated. Uh, they're middle of the pack as far as pressures and sacks go, but later, like as the season has progressed, their defensive line has improved. They dominated the line of scrimmage versus an equally bad Steelers' offensive line last week. For those reasons, Chiefs minus five and a half in this one. I also like the over 51. I am taking the Chiefs. We agree on that. Over 51, we agree on that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a good follow on Twitter, you need to fi- follow at Let It Ride Podcast because this man Jeff has been telling guys for weeks. He actually has it pinned on his Twitter page that week 18, the AFC North will be decided by Cincinnati at Cleveland. Well, in order for that to be true, Jeff, Cincinnati has to do their part and lose. Well, they'll do their part. They'll do their part and lose. And I don't want to foreshadow, but Cleveland will do their part and win. So I like the Chiefs minus uh, – my Bleacher Report has four and a half. I like the Chiefs minus four and a half, and I definitely love the over. Definitely see it being a, a high – I definitely uh, – I could see Kansas City getting up and Cincinnati scoring some touchdowns like that, some points like that. Yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe a uh, a 34 to 21 type of game here. A, a, a shootout, but I think the Chiefs win fairly comfortably. That is going to take us to another game with playoff implications. And earlier earlier in the season when the Dolphins were on a seven-game losing streak, you would never think that, they, that the Dolphins and the playoffs would be uttered in the same sentence. However, a seven-game win streak later, and here we are, the first team in the history of the league to have a seven-game win streak and a seven-game lose streak in the same season. It is the Dolphins taking on the Titans. The Titans, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 39-and-a-half. Miami, a little bit of a square dog here, 54% of the public action is on the Miami Dolphins. As I said, they're on a seven-game win streak, but if you look at the quarterbacks that they've played during that win streak, they are Joe Flacco, Tyrod Taylor, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, Zach Wilson, Ian Book, and Lamar Jackson being the only good quarterback in there. This defense relies heavily on the blitz and beats up. So the question you have to ask yourself 
is Ryan Tannehill a bad quarterback? The 49ers last week had absolutely no one to cover A.J. Brown. Their secondary is their Achilles heel. That is not the case for Miami. Uh, they have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones back there. I think that they are capable of locking down A.J. Brown. So what does that mean for Ryan Tannehill? Well, when he was targeting anybody but A.J. Brown in that game against the 49ers, he just went 11 of 13, so had a good completion percentage, but just 64 yards. That tells you that A.J. Brown is their entire offense. I think these Dolphins corners are going to smother him, and I think that they keep this game close, if not win it outright. Give me the Dolphins plus three and a half. I also like over 39 and a half. I think that number is too low. Uh, anything under 40 with two teams like this, I think uh, I'm always going to take the over. I am a Tua Tonga by lower supporter. I have three young quarterbacks that I like. Kyler Murray, Tua Tonga by lower, and Baker Mayfield. Uh, I felt Tua got the raw end of the deal uh, really since the offseason because they've been flirting with Sean Watson literally since the offseason. So, I believe in Tua. I believe in these Dolphins. I am taking the Dolphins plus three, and I agree with you. I'm taking the over 39 and a half. I think this is this 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 is Tua's time. He has to show what he's about. If he doesn't show what he's about and get these guys to the playoffs, they will be in the market for a quarterback. I, oh, I have more, been – one, one more name that you mentioned. You mentioned uh, Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones. Keep your eye on the safety, young safety from Oregon, Javon Holland. He's been balling the second half of the season. Baller. I really wanted the cow. I was I wanted the Cowboys to take a safety early. He was a guy I had my eye on for sure. Now I have been really low on this Titans team, and it seems like I'm beating up on them. But if, if they get Derrick Henry back, they're just a different team. I think that last week was an outlier. AJ Brown just played out of his mind. I don't think you can ex- you can expect that kind of performance against a much better secondary in Miami this week. That is going to take us to another game with playoff implications on both sides. It is the Raiders taking on the Colts now. A caveat with this line, it is listed at minus six and a half right now for the Colts. However, that I'm assuming that is with Carson Wentz playing. When it was announced that he might be out, that line got down to Colts minus two. So I'm just going to put a little bit of a asterisk on this. I'm going to say Colts minus six and a half is if Wentz is playing. If he's not playing, we'll, we'll say that it's minus two. So I'm going to give out both of my picks that way. The over-under sitting at 44, 68% of the public action is on the Colts. As I said, this line reflects Wentz playing. Um, we just saw this Raiders team struggle to beat Drew Locke. This Colts roster has won games despite Carson Wentz not playing too well. So I can't imagine that. Uh, if Sam Ellinger coming in, it's going to be too much worse. This Raiders run defense was ranked really low until last week. They shot up to the middle of the pack because they were able to pack the box against Drew Locke, only allowing 18 yards rushing to Denver. If Carson Wentz is able to play, I like the Colts minus six and a half. If Sam Ellinger is the starter, I still like the Colts minus two. I don't know too much about Sam Ellinger. I watched him a little bit at Texas, but I know he can't be too much worse than Drew Locke, and Drew Locke almost beat this Raiders team with a much worse roster last week. So give me the Colts either way, minus six and a half if Wentz plays, minus two if Ellinger plays, and I also like under 44 no matter who the quarterback is. Well, yeah, I like the Colts. I like the Raiders plus seven over the Colts, Jeff. Uh, I like under 44 and a half, especially if Carson Wentz doesn't play. I like the over. 44 and a half if he does play. You were talking about Derek Carr with his idiotic throw. A lot of these quarterbacks that they over that they talk about uh, you know, on TV shows, sports shows are overhyped and they do stupid stuff. But Derek Carr has been in the league too long to be making stupid mistakes like that. 
and, and it, it it happens. It seems week in week out with these types of guys. Uh, I know you're not too high on Justin Herbert. He made a couple of mistakes last week as well. But uh, granted, there's also other problems going on with the Chargers. That run defense might be the biggest weakness on a playoff team in the entire league. But we will get to that when we talk about their their game later on. That is going to do it for all of the one o'clock games that have playoff implications on both sides. It, we have a couple of one o'clock games that only have one sided playoff implications, and these lines are very inflated because Vegas is well aware that these games mean nothing. Uh, to the teams who are pretty much on vacation already. We're going to start with the Jaguars taking on the Patriots. The Patriots, a 15-and-a-half-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under 41-and-a-half. And when I initially looked at this line, I said the Patriots don't have a high-powered enough offense to give 15-and-a-half to anybody. I should take the Jaguars. But then I remember Bill Belichick always has his way with these rookie quarterbacks. He always seems to get blowout wins against them. And, again, this Patriots offense, it's not that high powered. Can they cover such a high number? Well, they won 25 to 6 against the Jets, 54 to 13 again against the Jets, 24 to 6 against Carolina, 45 to 7 against Cleveland, 25 to nothing against Atlanta, and 36 to 13 against the Titans. The only bad team they didn't cover against was 25 to 22 against Houston. And that was just a weird game. The Patriots need this game. The Jaguars don't want to win. That was clear when they clocked the ball on third down with 12 seconds left instead of taking an extra shot at the end zone. Give me the Patriots. I'll lay the 15 and a half in this one. I also like the under 41. I think this is a 31 to three type game. We agree. Under 41 and a half and over 16. Uh, and I'm taking the point. Bill Belichick has made a living. Well, he's made a living doing two things. One being Tom Brady's coach and second, feasting on a rookie quarterback. I think he's undefeated against rookie quarterbacks. I think only one rookie quarterback has beaten him, I think. If I'm not mistaken. So he feasts on young, inexperienced guys. And Trevor Lawrence has had a season from hell. He never had a real coach from a jump. So they're just trying to get through the season. Give me New England minus 16 and under 41 and a half. So we're on the same side of both of those. And that is going to bring us to our last one o'clock game. Or excuse me, our last one o'clock game that involves a team uh, with uh, playoff implications. It is the your Bucks taking on the Jets. The Jets, a 13 and a half point underdog at home. The over under 45 and a half. Sound the alarms on this one. 90% of the public action is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This Bucks high powered offense has lost pieces, but their defense showed last week that they can create short fields and create points for the offense. Uh, as I said, those short fields led to points. A blowout win on the road versus a bad team without f- forcing multiple turnovers. They only forced one turnover in that game. I think this Bucks front seven harasses Zach Wilson. I think the Bucks win easy. Give me the Bucks minus 13 and a half. I don't care that I'm going with the public. Sometimes you just have to do it. Bucks minus 13 and a half and under 45 and a half. We agree. I mean, I shouldn't even. Honestly, I know this sounds petty to say, but I'm just being honest. I shouldn't have to watch this game. <laughs> Just like you should, just like you, you didn't have to watch Sunday Night Football last week. I oh, but I did. Oh, oh, but I did. <laughs> yeah, well, any chance you get to beat on Taylor Heineke, you enjoy it. Uh, some, 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 some smart ass told me Taylor Heineke could is a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, 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 I didn't know what NFL they were talking about. But anyway, <laughs> that's another subject for another day. Um, I, I agree. I mean, come on, man. Like we should get the whoever gets the if the Jets get the ball first, they should be punting. Tampa Bay should go down and score. Tampa Bay should make them punt again and score again. It's 14 nothing. There you go. It's 14. That's the point spread right there. So it should be Tampa Bay. Easy. Easy money. 
I think so as well. That is going to take us to a couple of games that have no playoff implications. We're not going to spend too much time on them. Just talk about them briefly and give out a pick, starting with the Giants taking on the Bears. The Bears a six-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 37, a very low total in this one. And this Bears defense has been absolutely fantastic, even without their best player, Khalil Mack. The Giants' offense on the other side has been stagnant all season. Even worse, now that they're under the control of Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. Give me the Bears minus six in this one and under 37. I think this is a 14 to 3, 20 to 6 type game. We agree. Another game I shouldn't have to watch. Well, you should, nobody, nobody should watch this game. Let's be clear about yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I feel, I feel bad for CBS. The two announcers and the sideline reporter actually got to sit and watch it for three hours. That's crazy. They, they should allow them to do that game from home. <laughs> it's going to. It's going to be a bad one. So that is the last of the 1 o'clock games. And we're going to start with the 4 o'clock games with another bad one. As I said, we're going to get these out of the way. Hide them in the middle of the podcast. Sorry that you even have to listen to me talk about them. It is the Lions taking on the Seahawks. The Seahawks a 7-point favorite at home for this one. The over under 42 and a half. And I swore off of betting against Dan Campbell on my last podcast. And I swore off of betting on Russell Wilson. So it, it looks ugly, but I'm going to close my eyes. Give me the Lions plus seven over 42 and a half. We're going on the over 42. I just, I, I just, I just, these are two teams who, you know, have let me down. I picked Seattle to make the playoffs. I'm very disappointed what they become. Uh, we obviously know this is Russell, Russell Wilson's last year with Seattle, but they, they, it's, it's been bad. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle with the, uh, in fact, no, I changed my mind. I'm going to take the Lions plus seven just because, when I picked Seattle, they've always let me down. And like you said, I, I like Dan Campbell. Like, Dan Campbell got these guys fighting. He, I mean, he had, like I said earlier in the podcast, he had Tim Boyle out there playing. I mean, he turned back into Tim Boyle, but at least he gave him a chance to win the game. So, I like the Lions plus seven, and I'm taking the over 42 and a half. So, as you were talking, it did just make me realize that this is probably Russell Wilson's last game in Seattle that does make me kind of want to lean the other way. Yeah, but, I mean uh, – who do you think is the greatest quarterback ever? It's a rhetorical question. It's Tom Brady. His last game in New England, he lost. You can lose your last game at home. That 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 that, that has nothing to. That's a, yeah, you know, if you're playing a better team, you're gonna lose. But they're uh, not playing a better team. <laughs> yeah, I know, but 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 I'm I'm picking Seattle to win the game. I just think Detroit to keep it close because they I think they so fight, too. They, they fight hard, man. They fight. They really fight. I, I had a friend of mine tell me, ask me, you think Dan Campbell gonna get fired? Hell no. They fight hard. They suck. So I mean, they were never going to they were never going to be good anyway. So they traded all their good players away. Look at Darius Slay; he went to the Eagles. He a Pro Bowler. You can Not make to... a case. You, you can make, you can make a case. I, I don't I don't know where he at, at one point in the season he was he was he probably was going to be the second. Well, he probably was going to make the second team All Pro behind your boy Diggs Ramsey, and he probably was going to make he's probably going to be on the second team. He was balling out early. So Detroit has no talent. They traded Matthew Stafford away. They're going to trade T.J. Hawkinson away. So they they're really rebuilding. Not to mention they were missing their three best players for that win against the, the Cardinals. They were without DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and Jared Goff in that one. So you can just never tell with this team. Dan Campbell's going to have them ready to play. And, they're going to have them ready to fight. He's and the Seahawks have not looked good. So, so that is going to take us to a, uh, a matchup of another team that won with playoff implications, one who's already uh, 
making golf reservations. It's the Texans taking on the 49ers. The 49ers, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 44. And the 49ers will either have Trey Lance or a banged-up Jimmy Garoppolo starting at quarterback. The Texans showed last week that they are playing to win games. Rex Burkhead won't have the big day that he had against that porous Chargers run defense. But Davis Mills has proven himself to be a capable quarterback. This 49ers secondary is susceptible. They're not very good. I think the 49ers win this game, but I will take the Texans plus the 12 and a half. I also like over 44. I think this is a 31-21, 27-20 type of game. We are we agree on the over. I definitely uh, over 44. I'm taking it. Uh, and I, I shouldn't do this because uh, uh, Trey Lance, we, we've really never seen him play other than, you know, here and there. But I'm, I'm, I'm laying the points with the 49ers. This is a must win. They should have beat the Titans last week. You want to keep it 100. So uh, they'll be pissed off. They'll be ready to go. And they saw what the Titans did to the Chargers. Let me say this. I'm not the biggest Justin Herbert fan, but I do believe they didn't take them serious. I mean, you can just see how they were playing. They was like, all right, well, you know, eventually we're going to turn it up. And they couldn't turn it up. San Francisco at home. And Davis Mills has played well at home. He ain't, that, that, that Chargers defensive line, no disrespect to uh, – Joey Bosa and whoever else they got on that line. That defensive line ain't as good as the 49ers defensive line with Bosa, with uh, his with Nick Bosa, Ken Law, uh, uh, Armstead. You got some guys on there. So I'm, I'm laying the points with the 49ers. 49ers minus 12. Yeah, we, we'll, we're on opposite side of this. And this is one that I didn't feel good enough about either way to lay in the parlay. So we'll, we'll, we obviously agree on some other ones. So we'll just have to leave this one out. That moves us on to uh, another game with playoff implications on just one side. It is the Panthers taking on the Saints. The Saints, a six-and-a-half-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 37-and-a-half. 57% of the public bets are on the Saints. Carolina won the first matchup all the way back in week two, 26-7. But... That New Orleans team was absolutely decimated with COVID issues, and the entire team was displaced due to a hurricane, so I'm not putting any stock in that. The Panthers are on a five-game losing streak. However, they are finally moving on from Cam Newton. I had a fun run betting against Cam Newton. I got five winners betting against Cam Newton. It was pretty fantastic. These teams rank last and forced to last, excuse me, last and fourth to last in passing in the NFL. I like the under. 37 and a half. That is my favorite play in this one. Taysom Hill should be back at quarterback. I think that mean, means the ball stays on the ground. I think the Saints win close, but don't cover the six and a half. Give me the Panthers plus six and a half. I am taking the under 38. I'm 38. I'm taking the under 38, and I am taking the Panthers plus six and a half. I agree with you on that, but I do think the Saints will win. Uh, Sam Donald is just as bad as Cam Newton. Yo, 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 you'll have fun betting against Sam Donald too, because he'll throw the ball to the other team just like Cam did. Uh, it was great last week. He got to got to got to bet against both of them. They did a quarterback by committee. I don't yeah, know if I you saw, saw I, I, my my quarterback by Coach Shitty. That was I thought that was a pretty brilliant take there. You uh, you know, I watched that game because of who they was playing. So of I had course. that game on and I'm watching. I'm like, I think uh, Cam had, had like the first couple drives, and Sam Donald came in and threw a nice pass to get him in field goal range at the beginning of the game. That's how they actually got up 3-0. He threw a pass to get him in field goal range. So, uh, yeah, they doing quarterback platoon system, but I feel sorry for Matt Rule because if you ain't got a quarterback, you ain't got no chance. This ain't college. You can't win with P.J. Walker at Temple. You, you need can, a guy. And if you, it's the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. If, it, if there's a quarterback competition, especially between two guys like that, you definitely need to get one in the offseason. And it's really head-scratching now that they just passed 
on Justin Fields. Justin Fields in this offense, I think, would look fantastic. Justin, that's Fields, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, shit, you can get Mac Jones. Yeah, that's I mean, you got, you got, you got, you got, you got to have somebody. I, I know this doesn't make sense to people, but it makes sense to me. I would draft Mac Jones just so he didn't go to the Patriots. Not saying he was all that, because I'm not all that sold on Mac Jones. But sometimes in life, you got to make sure stuff doesn't happen. I'd say this, and I know it's not a football time, it's a basketball time. You don't think the Philadelphia 76ers re- re- regretting the day they didn't trade Ben Simmons for James Harden? Not only now do they got to deal with James Harden. In order, in order for them to get to their ultimate destination, they're going to have to see James Harden, KD, Kyrie, or Giannis. Fertitta was no, never Fertitta was never going to give James Harden back no, to, no, no, uh, no, no. I, back I to Daryl Morey. I, I get that. That's fine. But my point is, is that you, you, you make, you make a, you make a uh, irresistible offer where though he can't refuse. Yeah. That, that, that shit he got from, from, from Brooklyn, he only, he didn't even get Brooklyn's best player. Jared Allen, he's sitting. Yeah, he went to Cleveland. You see go, Cleveland, they balling. They, 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 they're playing well. So I'm just saying, I, just, I know I'm listening like, damn, I thought it was a football show, basketball, but I'm just saying, my point is, is that you got to make sure you know what you're doing. If you don't have that guy, you ain't going to win. We have an entire offseason getting to basketball, and I will definitely dive into some of that. But, yeah, that's uh, – that, now I've lost my train of thought. You got my mind on the NBA? <laughs> no, 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 no. But, I mean, you said that the Panthers, they should they should have drafted a quarterback. You have oh, yeah. to draft a quarterback when you're there. I like J.C. Horn. He's a nice player. but He's not a quarterback. Look, exactly. And, like, the best defensive player in this draft, we already know, is Michael Parsons. Okay, cool. They could have had him. Now, mm, think about this. Think, I'm glad think they about don't. Think, I know. I know you are. Think about this. Think about this. And this is this – is, and we just talked about the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan gave up two first-round picks, the first round he had last year, and I think two other ones. So, he gave up three first-round picks to move up, I think, nine spots. He moved up nine spots to get Trey Lance. Trey Lance has – I think Trey Lance might have started one game. You know, the 49ers could have stayed at the ninth spot. They could have drafted Michael Parsons. Now, just close your eyes and imagine this. Imagine Nick Bosa on one side, Michael Parsons on another. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to project stuff. Just because you can't see it today doesn't mean it won't happen tomorrow. This 49ers team was definitely set up to win now. And, and the fact that they took a project quarterback and traded up to get him, it, it is a head, head-scratching decision. That is going to take us to a game which actually has playoff implications on both sides, believe it or not. The Broncos taking on the Chargers. The Broncos with an outside shot to make the playoffs. The loser of this game, the Broncos are definitely eliminated. The Chargers are all but eliminated with a loss in this game. So this is essentially a playoff game. The Chargers sitting at minus six and a half at home. The over-under sitting at 45 and a half. 65% of the public bets are on the Chargers. And Justin Herbert and this Chargers run defense looked absolutely god-awful last week. But the Broncos are again starting Drew Locke at quarterback. The Chargers coming off of an embarrassing loss. But the playoffs are still reachable. They're the only team in the playoff race that's going to be favored in both of their last two games. I think they rebound in this one. They avenged last week's loss and the previous loss to Denver. I love betting against Drew Locke more than I love betting against Cam. <laughs> Minus six and a half and under 45 and a half. You know, I'm a Justin Herbert uh, truth teller. Uh, some people will call me a Justin Herbert hater. Um, He's better than Drew Locke. <laughs> that is for damn certain. And with that being said, I'm taking the charges. Minus six and a half and I'm taking the over 45 and a half. I think the Chargers will win this game. I think they'll come out, understand the sense of urgency. I think they will get revenge for last week, this week. I don't want to get too far ahead, but I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I can explain that next week on the show. But in the meantime, this week, they'll win. They'll beat the Broncos. Drew Locke, God bless him. I mean, that's really all you can say. He sucks. Sure. 
Like he he's so bad, you really like, damn, like bro. Colin Cap, y'all hate Colin Kaepernick this much that he can't get in the lead, but y'all rest Drew Lock is terrible. Like, seriously, he's terrible. If I'm Denver, I, I'd bring back Tim Tebow if just to sell some tickets. If you're going to have a bad quarterback, you might as well have someone that's going to put some butts in the seats. Drew Locke is, 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 is bad, man. He is, he's <laughs> bad. I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm serious. He's just bad. Like, and I better on him before. And it's like, I had a friend of mine, right? Quick story. So I had a friend of mine. He, he bets with the casino, just like how you mean you do. So I, he told me all week, he said, JD, make my nickname JD. He's like, JD, don't you need to, I don't don't call me with that Broncos shit. You call me with that shit I'm hanging up on. <laughs> Why he go down to the casino and put money on the Broncos? <laughs> so I mean like, you know, like Drew Lock. He likes Drew Lock. He learned he learned after that day. Don't, don't, just, some games in life you just gotta stay away from. If it's a Drew Lock game and they playing a serviceable quarterback, a serviceable to good quarterback, I, I think Justin Herbert is somewhere in between serviceable and good. I'm not saying he's great, I'm not saying he's bad, I think he's somewhere in the middle. I like the Chargers. I do as well. And that takes us to one of the hottest teams in the league, my team, my beloved Dallas Cowboys. They are at home taking on the Cardinals. The Cowboys are five-and-a-half-point favorite. Some uh, some casinos have this at six. Others have it at five-and-a-half. Um, I'm going to be on the same side. Either way, the over-under sitting at 51-and-a-half. The Cardinals hoping to keep their chances to win the NFC West alive. Uh, they're all but eliminated from that with a loss to the Cowboys here. Uh, they likely end up the five seed. I think I think the Rams are going to win out. I think you see the Cardinals end up as the first wild card team. The Cowboys playing for a chance at the one seed. They need a Green Bay loss and two wins to uh, to close out to, to steal the one seed. They're going to find out if that's a possibility or not in the Sunday night game. If the Vikings are able to take care of business against the Packers, they have a shot. If they don't, then you might as well just shut it down in week 18. But we'll talk about that when we get there. As far as this game goes, the prospect of this Cowboys defense chasing around Kyler Murray to me is just has me licking my chops. This, <laughs> these Cardinals offensive tackles are not good. It is the weakness of this team and an absolute mismatch going up against Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and and Micah Parsons. I think Kyler's going to be running for his life in this one. I like the Cowboys minus five and a half and under fifty one and a half. Well, I. Uh... My point spread is six. I like the Cowboys minus six, and I like the under 52 and a half. Well, 52 and 52. I like the under. Uh, you said the Arizona. <laughs> you said Arizona's biggest weakness is their offensive line. That's not true. That might I've... be their second. That might be their second biggest weakness. Their biggest weakness is what, you, which, what I've been telling you since I first met you. Cliff Kingsbury. I've never seen a man. No disrespect. And now you know you, uh, Jeff, you know I love everybody. I love all people. White, black, green, it don't matter. If you're gay, straight, whatever we are, I, I accept all. If you're respectful, I accept all. But he's the only person I know that ever get fired up. The man sucked at college and got fired up to a better job. The man is coaching Kyle Murray. You make case he's the second, second most exciting player in the league. He shouldn't have that job. He will prove to you why he shouldn't have that job. I agree that they'll be the five seed. And more likely than not, they will lose to uh, Tampa Bay in the first round. I say it's their biggest weakness, especially in this game, because the coach on the other sideline is a is kind of a moron. Yeah, too. yeah, but let me let me say this. Let me say this. You can make fun of McCarthy. I know Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and other on TV make fun. That's fine. But one thing you can't take away from him, the man got a Super Bowl ring. I I don't see no Super Bowl ring on uh yeah. Kingsbury finger. And Barry Kingsbury, Switzer has one too. So does Brian Billick. There's a lot of guys that have Super Bowl rings that yeah, aren't necessarily yeah. good coaches. No, nah, but but I mean they should be respected for winning. That's my that's my only point. They should be respected for winning. Cliff Kingsbury had, 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 had Patrick Mahomes. 
in an offensive league, and was and his average record was five and seven. Yeah. You give me Patrick Mahomes with a, in an offensive league. Now I'm not saying Texas Tech will win the national championship. I ain't never saying that. But bro, we going better than five and seven. Like, come on now, with Mahomes, he was, come on. So, uh, he had he had Manziel. He had early. He had he had all good quarterback. Baker, Cliff Kingsbury ain't the guy. Until Arizona understand that when the money when when the money games are on the line, you can't bet on him. And my last stat is this: go look at Cliff Kingsbury, how he starts the season and how he ends the season. Every year, his team start off hot and they get worse because he's running that bullshit, that fast pace. That yeah, let's run a play every five seconds. No, not gonna work. It's it's funny. I attributed that to uh, in my last podcast when I broke down the games. I attributed that to Kyler. Uh, I, I don't know if it's him that breaks down at the end of the season or if it's Kings, Kingsbury. It's a combination of both. But the Cardinals definitely seem no, to no, sputter you, you, down you, the stretch. You, you could definitely say, and I don't, I'm not gonna make Kyler oppose. Kyler throws some terrible interceptions. I give you that. But to be fair to Kyler, let me say it like this: How can you how can you say you're doing everything for you? I'm not I'm not questioning you, so don't don't get offended by myself. How can you say you're doing everything for your kids if you're really not doing everything for your kids? Is is my question is is Cliff Kingsbury really doing everything to maximize his team? No, because he's been fading every year. He's been a coach, like literally, he fades. He starts off. You know, his first year he was three three and one. You know, they finished the season five and I think five ten and one. That's terrible. That's pretty bad. They they were um they had a playoff spot last year. Just like it's three. Just, just look at his record. It's three years in Arizona at the midway season. They're in playoff contention, and then they fold. They had the number one seed all but I would say locked up. All they had to do was just they could lost one, win one, lost one, win one. They would they still would have had the number one seed. Gave that up. Losing to the Lions, unforgivable. I can't trust. I can't trust. I cannot trust. I cannot trust Cliff Kingsbury when the money is on the line. I can't even say his name right. (laughs) Well, we're on the right, the same side for that one. That is going to take us to Sunday Night Football. It is the Vikings taking on the Packers. The Packers a seven-point favorite at home for this one. The over/under sitting at forty-six and a half. The Vikings are eliminated from playoff contention with a loss in this one. The Vikings beat the Packers in Minnesota a few weeks ago, thirty-four to thirty-one. I think we see a similar type of game, a shootout type of game. This Packers offense was firing on all cylinders for weeks, including last week, until the Browns just completely took the air out of the ball and almost stole that game away. I think this Vikings team is desperate and keeps it close, if not winning the game outright. My favorite play for this game is over 46 and a half. As I said, I think we have a shootout. I also like the Vikings plus seven. We agree. We're, we're, I think we're both taking this somewhat with other people in mind. I'm sure you're thinking of this with a star in your head, and I'm thinking of this with a pirate on my head. Um, <clears throat> let me say it like this. I would love for I would Arizona. I would love for Minnesota to win this game outright. I really would. Uh, I think no one out of between the teams of Dallas, the Rams, Tampa Bay, and Arizona, no one wants to go to Green Bay. I can assure you of that. I'm positive of that. Uh, in, the, in January, to uh, try to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm hoping that the Vikings win. And I will give the Vikings this. The Browns should have beat them last week. Referees missed some shots. Bacon schizophrenic throws. And the Browns didn't run the ball or not. So, I'm taking the Vikings plus seven, and I am taking the over 46. I think the Vikings will keep it close. You're making me pick, making me pull my arm on the game. I'm going to take the Packers, but I would love for the Vikings to win because I just think – I'm not – let me say it like this. I'm not picking on Dallas. 
But I think if Tampa Bay was the four seed, that's just how they say for the sake of argument, they won that first round game against Arizona. Then they would have to play Dallas more likely than not in the second round if if uh I think San Francisco could pull an upset in the first round, and then you'd see a wild card. Well, it all yeah, it all depends on the the lower seeded team. The lowest seeded team is going to play the number one seed. So if you see a wild card team pull an upset, it it, it changes the the bracket around. But it, uh, Cowboys Bucks is definitely a possibility in the second round. Yeah, so I would prefer that matchup over going to Green Bay in the second round. If I if we go to Green Bay, I feel like that needs to be the last game. Zion was last year at the Super Bowl. Like we basically played Washington outside, then we played. Uh, New Orleans inside. I'm talking about last year. Then we went outside again to play uh, Green Bay. Green Bay. So we got to have something like that. We'll be outside in Florida, inside with Dallas, and then we'll be outside if we can beat y'all. We'll be outside with with uh, Green Bay if Green Bay can get that far. So it's like you said, it's, it's still it's so much to be. Uh, I know you're playing along with that playoff machine, man. It's so much, so much undecided these last two weeks, man. It's gonna be a great last two weeks of the season. It is for sure. I, I I I dove into that deep on my last podcast, and it's really looking like, like I said, this is the game that is going to decide whether or not the Packers get it because they play the Lions in Week 18, so they could pretty much just coast to a win in that one. We're going to wrap up the games with Monday Night Football. It is the Browns taking on the Steelers. The Steelers are three-and-a-half-point underdog at home for Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Pittsburgh. The over-under sitting at 41. 54% of the bets are on the Steelers, and this is an elimination game in the AFC North. Both teams uh, could already be eliminated if the Bengals beat the Chiefs on Sunday. As I said, this is going to be Big Ben's last home game. The crowd will be electric in this one. The Steelers won ugly in the first matchup. I think the Browns are the better teams and should win. However, I'm going to zig. I've been thinking Browns all week. I'm going to take the three and a half points. I think the Browns win this game 17 to 14. So give me the Steelers plus three and a half and under 41. I'm taking the Browns minus three and a half. Uh, as you know, I'm a Baker Mayfield supporter. I've been heckled all season. I've been annoyed all season. Not only by his play, but when he – it feels like every time he plays bad, which has been like a lot recently, I, every day I get a phone call. Like every day, oh, yeah, you know, did you see Baker today? Did you see that throw? Did you see this? And so, uh, I'm, I believe when you make a prediction and you believe in your guys, you ride out with them even when things are going rough. So, I'm going to ride out with Baker. I believe in the Browns. Give me the under. Give me the under. Let me pull it back up. Give me the under 41 and give me the Browns minus three and a half. I can see it being. Um, I know it's a big Ben last game, but their offense, in my opinion, they should be fine. Uh, they they did a pretty good job on Green Bay's high potent offense. Other than, I mean, Devontae Adams was Devontae Adams. But they basically gave their team a chance the ball back to win the game. So I am taking the under. Uh, 41, and I'm taking the Browns minus three and a half. I think the Browns will win this week and four shots. Host a playoff game in two in three weeks. I could definitely see that happening. So that is going to do it for the games. Uh, for the sake of time, I want to leave us some time to get to the college football playoff games as well. Uh, so I'm going to throw together our five-team parlay, throw these games at you. Tell me if you disagree with anything. We can change it. Uh, I think we both like over 46-and-a-half in the Packers game. We both like the Cowboys minus six. We both like the Chiefs minus five, correct? Yes, sir. You were on the Chiefs as well? Yes, sir. Okay, we both like the Chargers minus six-and-a-half. Betting against Drew Locke is always uh, <laughs> good for your money. And I'm going to let you pick the last game, man. I just gave you four. Ooh. Mm. I think we agreed on Washington plus three and a half. 
think we agreed on Dolphins. Okay. Dolphins. What, Dolphins what, plus three and a half as well. What were the four plays we got so far? Uh, the over in the Vikings game, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. Get the Cowboys, Chiefs, Chargers, over in the Vikings game. Let's get the people something sneak. I know this is probably no one to watch this game, but maybe they'll watch it because of this. What do you think about the over and the uh, Giants, Bears, 37? Uh, I can see I can see turnovers on both sides of that when it kind of scares me off. Did you like the Dolphins or the Titans? I think the Dolphins will win. Uh, I took the, I took the Dolphins plus three and a half. Let's let's make that. What do you th- what do you think about that being the fifth one? Yeah, that's fine. We can take that. Okay, so we have the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Chiefs, Dolphins, Chargers, Chiefs, Cowboys, and the over in the Packers Vikings game. That is going to be our five team parlay. As usual, that ten dollar bet pays uh, plus two twenty. So we'll see if we can get a winner on that one. And just really quick before we get off of here, I have to get up here to work shortly. So we're gonna quickly cover the college football playoff game, starting with Cincinnati versus Alabama. Alabama, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. The over-under sitting at 57-and-a-half. Cincinnati's strength is their quarterback and their two stud corners. We just saw Alabama throw all over Georgia, who is the polar opposite defense. They have the strong front seven and the weak corners. I think these Cincy corners were able to stick with these Alabama wide receivers and keep this game close. I actually like Cincy plus 13-and-a-half and the over 57-and-a-half. We agree on the over. I'm taking Bama minus 13 and a half. Uh, this game will resemble your college football fan. Uh, I, I dabble. Uh, I, the NFL is number one, and obviously my podcast is about NFL, and most of my research goes into that. So I, I will let you have the floor here if you, if you want to uh, break into it deep. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, this game, Alabama is about to play them, uh, tomorrow against Cincinnati. It will resemble Washington a couple years uh, Washington, Notre Dame. I think they played somebody else in the first round. Clemson. At the beginning, yeah, it'll be you know Cincinnati will come out with, with 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 energy and you know and we got to shock the world. David versus Goliath. And at some point, the talent on the field takes over. So I like Alabama to cover. I think they're the better team in this game. Uh, and you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Cincinnati getting in in the first place. So covering uh, them fifty-seven. So uh, we both like the over there. We're on opposite sides as far as the side goes. Um, Georgia versus Michigan. Michigan, I think we're going to be on the opposite sides of this one as well. Michigan is a seven-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. The over-under is 45-and-a-half. I think this Georgia defense is tailor-made to stop an offense like Michigan's. I think Georgia wins this game in a in a blowout. I'm seeing a 21-to-6 type of game. I am taking the under 45. Uh, under for me as well, yeah. Plus. I've been telling you this since you first met me also about uh, – I had my thing about Justin Herbert, and I've had my thing about Stetson Bennett. The Georgia Bulldogs will not get to that ultimate because of Kirby Smart. Do you realize Kirby Smart gave up Justin Fields for Jake Fromm? That's a fireable offense. That looks pretty being, bad. For, for being stupid. J- Justin Fields, even though they didn't win the national championship last year, they played a great Alabama team. He still got Ohio State to the national championship. So, uh, Kirby Smart, being loyal is a great thing. But it's also – I had a, a young lady tell me this before. Your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness. Being loyal is a great thing, but it also can be your greatest weakness because you can be loyal to the wrong people. The Georgia Bulldogs will not get to their ultimate destination with Stetson Bennett. Everyone wants a rematch against – everyone think we will have a rematch with Alabama and Georgia. No, we won't. Michigan will win this game outright. 
I'm taking the under 45. So we are on the same side for both totals on opposite sides uh, for both sides. I don't think that uh, Cincinnati is going to beat Alabama. I think we are ultimately headed for another rematch of the SEC championship, but that remains to be seen. Obviously, you're going to be pulling for Michigan because that is the alma mater of of your guy Tom Brady. So uh, no, I don't not, blame not, me for taking them. Not, not even that. I like I like Michigan, but I like Harbaugh. I just think Harbaugh gets a bad rap. Like they they let me and I'll make my point with it. A year ago, okay, so this is this is December the thirtieth, right? Two thousand twenty-one, right? Yes, December thirtieth, two thousand twenty. If people would have told you. Urban Meyer was a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. You'd be like, yeah, of course he is. Yeah, he is. But what I just seen Urban Meyer do in the NFL showed me. Like, Jim Harbaugh really can coach. He's not coaching at Ohio State. He's not at Alabama. He's not at LSU. He's not at none of these. I'm not taking no disrespect away from Michigan. He's not at any sexy, glamorous school. Lincoln Riley dipped Oklahoma and went to USC. So he's not at a sexy school. He's not a football coach. He's He's a recruiter. Yeah, so. That's all Urban Meyer is. So, exactly. So. Jim Harbaugh is actually a football coach. Took San Diego, made them a contender. Took Stanford. Yeah, he had Toby Gerhardt and, 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 and Bryce Love. I don't know if he was there. Bryce Andrew Love. Luck, too. Andrew Luck. I don't want to forget about him. I can't forget about him. He had guys. I don't want to make it seem like he didn't have guys. I'll give you that. But them guys wanted to come there because of him. He left there, took San Francisco. Alex Smith was a starter. San Francisco was a perennial playoff team. Made Well, no, actually, it was under Mike, Mike Singletary. They weren't a playoff team. He came in first year. First, couple, first three years, NFC Championship game. First year lost to the uh, Super Bowl champion Giants. Second year won the NFC Championship game. Lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl, and then third year lost to Seattle in the in the quote unquote Super Bowl because Seattle blew out them. Paid man. So Jim Harbaugh can coach, and I just feel like he gets a bad rap because he can beat Ohio State. Who the hell can beat Ohio State other than Alabama and Clemson? They act like college football is the NFL. Cleveland sucked this year. They'll be better next year. That's not how college football works. I'm definitely going to be pulling for him. I, I I do not want to see. I I hate the SEC. I'm I'm going to be rooting for the underdogs. I don't have a dog in the fight. Uh, I'm a Maryland fan. We haven't been good since Frisian, so I'm always going to be rooting for the underdog. But if I had to bet this game, I would I would definitely say that both favorites are going to win. Uh, but that is going to do it for the college football playoff. Josh, anything else you want to get to before we hop off here? No, sir, man. I just want to wish everyone who's listening, man, a happy new year. Make sure you guys stay safe out here. Sounds good, Josh, and I will see you next week, man. Yes, sir. What's going on, everybody? Waking up Saturday morning to news that Antonio Gibson and Kirk Cousins are both going to be out with COVID. Obviously, I picked the Vikings and the football team on the podcast. Now give me the Packers. There's no way that the Vikings are going to be able to do anything without Kirk Cousins. That line will probably go up to 11 or even 12, whatever it is. My new pick for the podcast will be the Packers. I'm still going to stick with the football team, though. I think Jarrett Patterson will do a good job in that backfield. Just had to get on here and uh, put those two changes in real quick with that COVID news coming down.